Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is one of my favorite exercises to do with the K-Poly, and that is the pull-through. Guys, once you've figured out about how far you need to walk out with the K-Poly, grab whatever attachment you're using for the pulley, walk yourself out there, and really push your hips back at the K-Poly. From there, when you hit that stretch, really punch your hips forward, keep your chest up, and try to extend your knees and your hips all the way through. And this is where one of the major benefits of using a flywheel kicks in, as it pulls you into a deeper stretch as you push your hips back in, into your hamstrings and your hip extensors, so that you really open it up and stretch everything out in the back. This is an exercise that I'm sure your athletes are going to love to hate, but reap awesome rewards from. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cbasps to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely awesome talk. We are going to sit down and discuss mindset and how it impacts you in your position with Georgia Southern's Director of Strength and Conditioning for Olympic Sports, Don Day. After a rundown of how we got down to Georgia Southern, Don is going to dive right into the impacts of the mistakes that he's made on him to better understand how you know he actually could make any situation great and how this developed him not just as a coach, but as a person as well. We then discuss you know, understanding what you have access to and, and how that's the key to building your program and how important the staff that you surround yourself is in this entire process. Next, we go right into the tenets of his program, and he shares with us how those were built, the process behind it, how his staff was involved, and how he and his staff hold each other accountable to these tenets. You know, and then he shares a great story about selecting his staff and how building relationships and looking at things in a positive manner had the hugest impact on how he selected the people that work with him down there at George Southern. Guys, we finish off discussing the importance of appreciation and, and how that really is helping him continue to move forward and drive forward and help his staff build as they get going. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Don, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Hey, I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks yeah. for the excitement, the energy. It hey, wakes me up this morning. Yo, man, I'm fired up for this. We've, we've been chopping it up a little bit here, you know, before we get into this. And this is going to be a fun talk. But, you know, for 
for the person who may not know who exactly Don Day is, let's let's let them know who you are, where you're at, and how you got down there. All right, I'm Don Day. I'm the director of strength and conditioning over Olympic sports here at Georgia Southern. Uh, I'm from Akron, Ohio. My my path to this position has been utterly insane over the last about seven or eight years, give or take, of coaching. So I started off at Bowling Green State as an intern. Then I went to the University of Akron as an intern. Eventually worked my way up to being a strength coach, and I was actually on Matt Gildersleeve's first strength staff. Uh, sometime in the season, this is about 2013, so sometime around the season of 2014, the coaches asked me to give up my strength GA and become a, a on-field, not on-field, but a football GA. And I didn't know anything about football. So I was running and gunning with, like, defensive backs. I played D-line, nose tackle, actually, in college. So it was it was a, a struggle for me, but I learned a lot about my work ethic and who I was back then and what I did want to do and what I didn't want to do. Then I go out to Robert Morris, where I met David Kitchen, who's now my assistant director, was there for a little bit with Todd Hammer. From there, I went to American University. Uh, you know, but I got the itch to be back in football. I didn't have football at American University. So still back then, I wanted to be a, a football guy. I wanted to work my way to being a Power 5 football guy. So uh, I got the opportunity to go to Western Kentucky with uh, Jeff Brom in his last year. And we had a lot of good success. Some people went off to Purdue. I ended up going to Buffalo as an assistant director uh, with Ryan under Ryan Sizik. Thought it was going to be a great opportunity, which it was. I learned a lot of good things from Sid. You know, he's the neck guy, all that good stuff. Uh, now he's training military men. So Sid was with me. We were together for about, I want to say, five months. Five, yeah, about five months. And then I got, uh, you know, he, he started to get another job and make his way over to that role. And I got uh, elevated to the interim director. Well, at the time, I did probably one of the most arrogant things I could do. At the end of the season, I said, you know what? This isn't going exactly how I want it. So uh, what I'm going to do is give up this director spot and leave and go somewhere else. And so I went to Georgia Southern as an assistant. And it uh, it was probably the biggest year of growth, year and a half of growth for me. I learned what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. I got saved during that time period. And I, I kind of just transformed my mindset to that arrogant guy that was like, hey, you know what? screw this director spot. I'm going to go do what I want. So I got a little humbled, you know what I mean? And then uh, I said, I, I need to be a, I need to be a head guy again because I am, I am blessed with the talent of leadership and the skill of leadership. And I know if I have another chance, I won't, you know, throw it away like I did the last time. I'll actually do it right. So the position, this position opened up. And the funny thing is, I remember talking to our ex, uh, uh, the guy that had this position before, Jeff Ward, we were talking one day, and uh, he's like, you know, if I ever left, you should go for this job. I said, Jeff, I would never take this job. And now I have this job. <laughs> so it all, and honestly, it all, and I, we were talking about me and my assistant, David Kitchen, the other day, literally, literally yesterday, it all, as much as I tried not to take this job by interviewing other places, by uh, in my mind, I was not going to stay at Georgia Southern after the 2018 season, no matter what. Uh, everything I did to not get this job, God guided me to getting this job. 
and it has been the best experience of my life. And I'm so, so grateful. And I'm ready to build this thing up the way it needs to be built up. You know, I think that there are some really important messages in that entire Gosh, that's like a crazy ball bounce up and down the, oh, yeah, insane. the mid-Atlantic. Insane. But I think the biggest one is, is that transfer, is that step back, that deep breath, that refocus, that, you know, it's such a cheesy line. And everybody says it. And I think that probably like a quarter of the people that say it actually understand what it means. And of those people, like a quarter actually mean it. But making it the big time and changing that have to to get to mm-hmm. how that impacts not just the coach, but every single aspect of their life. Yes. Yes. I, I think that when it came to jobs in the past, it was always like a, uh, a task. You know what I mean? Like. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that because it'll get me to this spot. Get me to this spot. I'll be, I, I want to be a power five guy. So I have to do this, have to do that. I never enjoyed really the process of anything. And I really, you know, I really just felt like when I got to a certain spot, I deserved that. Not that, you know, I just felt that way. Like I was a very cocky, arrogant guy until the age of 27, 28. And then once this position, once I, you know, this position got bestowed on me. I'm using a big, I haven't ever used that word, so I wanted to throw it out. But once this position got bestowed on me, it was like, God, I have literally messed up so much in my, my journey to getting to this position. So I know this wasn't me. I, I And then when, you know, people say make the big time where you're at, I always thought, like you said, I always thought it was kind of cheesy. And I was like, ah, those are, those are just underachievers. So that's the way I thought back then. But then when I got this position and I've really been able to root myself down in the community and with my athletes, with administration, I've talked to more administrators than I've ever done my whole life. I'm always like hanging out with the coaches and the coaches offices and all that stuff. I was like, man, now I get the whole make the big time where you're at. It's not about the logo. It's not about the the stuff that you don't have. It's about making like you said, make the big time we're at and doing the most with what you're given. So let's talk about doing the most with what you're given because, you know, you, you're you in a spot where right now you just finished two in-season teams. You're mm-hmm. rolling into – now, people think college basketball is a long grind, but, like, if your baseball team's cooking, like, that goes <laughs> – I mean, that's like, that's like Toy Story, man. That's like to infinity and beyond like how long that season goes. Yeah. So let's talk about that because like you, you go from like the prep and then the real hard double team in season into that, what could be six, seven months of college baseball. Let's and we've talk been in about, the championship. We've been yeah. in the championship, uh. I think it's something crazy, like three out of the last four years or four out of the last five. So, so we're going to, you know, knock on wood, we're going to be back. So at this time, we're going to win it. You know, we're going to win it. But, uh, uh, you know, so it's going to go for a long time. But, uh, yeah, the I, I think the first thing I have to say is I have great assistance. So me being able to run the department and elevate the department 
and do the things I'm able to do is because my assistants give me the capacity to really the capability to do it. I have the capacity to do it, but without them, I wouldn't have the capability to do it. So, you know, it sounds it sounds it sounds worse than what it is all two end season teams and going into baseball. But I for me, honestly, I don't I don't really think about it like that because I know I have I have the best assistants in the world. I don't my one assistant handles all the nutrition. Uh, so I don't ever have to worry about we meet once a week and we just go over like, you know, from a budgetary standpoint, what we're spending, uh, what are our projections and what do we not need to spend? My other assistant, Coach Kitchen, he handles a lot of the day to day things. He handles equipment. He handles the internship. So when it comes to, you know, where our interns at, you know, I mean, and interns are a big part of staff. So he does handle about half the staffing. You know what I mean? So I just. I just am the guy that presses uh, send on the emails to buy more stuff or to whatever it might be. But my, like I said, my assistants give me the uh, the capability to do that. So I, I big shout out to them. And my other assistant coach, Ansley, and I have a J, GA, JC, they, they just keep everything running smooth. So, I, you know, it's, it's a thing where I'm not worried about baseball travel because while I'm away, all my assistants, my GA, They'll all handle that. Everything will be handled. And we it's it's a very it's very I'd I'd say how do I say professional development here and staff development is put at a high premium. So I can say this now confidently that they're ready to handle everything because we grinded on professional development and staff development at the beginning stages. It was not just, hey, here's the handbook, this is what we're about. It was, hey guys, listen, this is what I, this is what I want to be about before I met any of you guys and we sat down in a room together. Now that we're all in a room together, let's sit down and iron this out, see where what's real, not realistic, but what does this look like for us and our staff versus what it looked like for me and the imaginary staff, if that makes sense. So what's reality versus imagination? And let's iron out. And if we say we're going to be about this, then that's what we're going to be about. And that's the standard we really hold is Whatever we said we we're going to be about in late July, when we sat down, made the tenets of the program, the standards of this uh, department, that's what we're going to be about. And we just hold each other accountable to that. It's not a thing where it's I'm in charge and holding everyone accountable and everyone's underneath me. It's a, a servant leadership, and I'm walking alongside my assistants, and we're all holding each other accountable to the standard that we all set together. I love that, man, because, you know, when you, again, another cheesy cliche statement, right? People always say, you know, you can't talk about it. You got to be about it. And when you're building these things, I think the one thing you brought up is something, too, that is starting to gain a little steam or turn a little bit more sexy when it comes to, like, the leadership aspect of what we do. And that is the building the tenants of your program. And if you wouldn't mind, because I don't think people talk about the actual process of it enough. I think that it's more of just people saying like, yeah, this is what we do. And it's like, well, but you sat down with your staff, you guys, you know, the, I believe you mentioned four other people. So the five of you sat down and talked about these things. If you could share with us that process, because I think that's something that like would be really important to people to understand, like how people actually look at this stuff and build it for themselves and are having success keeping to it, which might be mm -hmm. just as hard. 
it, it is very holding to the standard is the hardest part but uh it's i'd say how the process went is we all kind of sat down and we i had an idea of what i wanted us to be about and that's the i'd say that actually is the most challenging part is to originally decide what you want to be about as you know as a director and as a staff because you get into the role and it's like okay what's the easiest thing for anyone to do is to go back to something they've heard before or to go back to something they've done before from someone else or hey i was an assistant for here for 10 years so we're going to be about this but really that's not what school b is about that's what school a is about and you're just trying to transplant so to sit down and say all right i want to start fresh what is important to me and then what will be important to the staff so that's before the staff got here i had to figure out what was important to me which for me it's blue collar servant leadership family integrity and excellence and that aligned with the people that i brought in here so those tenants haven't changed now when we sat down and we talked about hey what are we going to be about for may and we we went over every little aspect of the program we went through you know one of my biggest i'd say one of my biggest uh, weaknesses is uh or uh, organization so i wanted to make sure i hit every single aspect so I set myself up to be organized because you got to know who you are. So and you got to know how to fix what your weaknesses are, your blind spots are. So I need to organize every single thing is no matter how tedious it is. So we went over what's our athlete coach relationships going to look like? What's our athlete athletic or what's our coach athletic trainer relationships going to look like? What is our relationship with our uh, sport coaches going to look like? Rest of administration going to look like? What are we going to be known as as a department from a relational standpoint and then you go into more of the task stuff like hey what day-to-day tasks you know all that stuff that everyone's done but relationally that's the one thing that matters i in my opinion the most especially down south you know it's it's all it's all uh handshake deals and stuff like that which i love that kind of stuff it's georgia southern has a great community gathering and following so what I express to my staff is you come down here, you're a part of something bigger than yourself. One example is there's a tradition, uh, you get baptized in Eagle Creek, which is, Eric Russell used to say the beautiful bays of Eagle Creek, well, it's actually a sewer runoff. So I've been baptized in it and I have a, a jar of it sitting on my desk for good luck. You know, But that's like the tradition is so ingrained in here and that aspect of community is so ingrained in here that yeah tasks are important it's important to make sure that we have a process for how we go about solving tasks or doing tasks but the most important thing is relationally you know that's so that's kind of how our process of figuring everything out and sitting down and talking and it was very it's you have to humble yourself you got to go in with humility and you have to have a lot of communication at the very really at all times but especially at the very beginning because you get so excited, hey, I got, you know, you got a new car, you driving your new car, but oh, wait, now I got to pick up him, I got to pick up them, I got to pick up them, and he wants to stop because he's hungry, but I want to go here, and she wants to stop to go to the restroom, but I, I want to go to where I want to go, this is my car. You got to really humble yourself and say, hey, if I'm going to be about relationships and serving leadership, I can't be sitting on top of the castle looking down. I have to be open to ideas, and, you know, not all my ideas are good ideas. 
I, my assistants tell me if I'm messed up. And I say, all right, well, I'm messed up. Let's move on. And even though it looks on the outside like, oh, oh Don, you know, he just, oh, he, he's very receptive. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that mother. But, like, you know, I just make myself, I force myself to be humble and to listen and to be meek, which isn't being weak. It's being actually strong enough to say, you know what, I am wrong. Let me listen to my counsel who are around me so I don't become like the mad king. No doubt, man. No doubt. Because as shiny as those dragons are and as good as they were for him, they took a lot of trouble to everybody else, man. Yeah. You know? And I, I love what you're talking about here with these ideas and these tenets of bringing people in because, you know, the, again, the whole idea, another thing that people like to talk about is you got to get the right people on the bus. And I think that that's something you've been, you know, successful with. I've been, I've been very, very, you know, I don't want to say lucky because it's not luck. It's all timed and planned and all that. But I've been, I've been very grateful for my, my administration helping me out, giving me the keys to the kingdom saying, Hey, you can hire who you want to hire. You can do what you want to do. And then, you know, a big, a big cornerstone of that process was getting coach kitchen. You know, that's, that's one of my best friends. I've known coach kitchen since our time at Robert Morris together. And then coach Shannon was, you know, I'd say it's steel. She came from UConn, had prior experience. Coach Ansley came from Mississippi State, had prior experience. And then a guy that I haven't talked about enough was is uh, JC, John Carlos. So uh, he was an intern. This is a great story. He was an intern last year, all right, while he was playing tennis. So I would come over here to work because I worked baseball a little bit last year in the fall or in the spring. Uh, and JC would – he would come over and, you know, do his training, do his practice. But the morning before he trained, he would be in the weight room cleaning, doing intern grind stuff. They would lift, literally, like, put the stuff down, start lifting. Because his team was in, so he needed to lift. You know, he's still a student athlete. And then he'd clean, do whatever he needed to do as an intern, clean racks, clean everything. And then he'd go to practice, go to lunch, come back, do the intern hours. And this was every single day. For all of spring, when I was going through my interview process, when I was going all through that, I got to see JC. And this is something that young coaches should listen to. I saw JC every day grinding. Grind. People say grind and hashtag grind and hard work, all that stuff. This dude was actually grinding while he was playing sports at a high level at D1 college. And then he emailed me as soon as I got the job. You know, he went back over to Spain. He emailed me. And he goes, hey, Coach Day, I would just be interested in staying on and helping out however I can. And he emailed me every single day. I, I would email him back. Whenever I emailed him back, he'd email me right away. I don't know the time difference or whatever. I don't know if he ever slept. But he would always email me back. And, uh, you know, that's part of the reason. I, I was like, yeah, I, I saw how he worked. He, he gets it. He gets it done. He wasn't certified when he graduated. And then all of a sudden, hey, Coach. I know I need to be certified. I'll have that certification in a month. So over the summertime, got the certification. Like that level of commitment and intent is what all my assistants have. And that's, you know, I, it's just awesome to have that here. I'll tell you what, man, that's really a refreshing story too, because I know for a few things, the, the first is, I mean, obviously that loyalty to someone who who's good to you is something that I don't think 
a lot of younger people truly understand how important that is. And for some of us older heads, like what that actually means, but even more so talking about this young person, right? Like today it's really cool to sit there and get on Twitter or to screenshot something and start bashing people because of how positions are set up or that like, you know, GAs don't get paid enough for like, you know, these entry level positions now that are starting at 40 K don't pay people enough which blows my mind in a way, but I understand it in another, but then to hear someone that is like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I know there are limitations to what I have, but I'm going to fix those because I want to be part of this. Like, it, again, it's just coming back to what we started talking about in the beginning and how you talked about your journey to get to where you are now is that that switch of I'm owed or entitled or I deserve this to I get to do this. I'm going to do the best at it and I'm going to sit here and, and I'm going to ball out no matter what. No matter like when I uh, when I came from Buffalo to Georgia Southern, I mean, I took a forty thousand dollar pay cut to be an assistant. But I knew, you know, something was guiding me that way. Now, at that time, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know what was going on. You know, this was B.C. before Christ Coach Day. So I just kind of was like, all right, well, I kind of feel like, you know, I should go. I honestly got to Georgia Southern. And this is why I know. This is why I'm so grateful for this position. I sent out an email when I uh, I saw that the the head football guy had gotten the or the head strength coach had gotten the job at Georgia Southern. Didn't know him, never talked to him, no connection. So I was like, oh, let me look up his old email because I'm sure he still uses it. Sent him an email, said, hey, uh, I'm looking to get out of Buffalo. Uh, you know, I'm a head guy here. Uh, I think I'd probably be a good assistant for you. Just hit me back up if you're interested. And I, lo and behold, never met the guy in an interview. I, I talked to him over the phone. Never met him one time before I got here. And so, like, you know, uh, the whole, like, the whole, like you said, with these low-paying jobs or whatever it is, you know, I, I've taken pay cuts twice, and it's worked out perfectly for me in the end. I've worked at a job where I made 18K in 2016, which back then, I mean, 18K is a, you know, entry-level spot. That was pretty good. But uh, uh, I felt like, I, I mean, I'm from Akron, so I felt like I was rich. You give me give me 10,000, I'll feel rich, but not anymore now that I'm married. But so, uh, but when I was taking that job for 18K, we won a conference championship. We were 10 to seven against Alabama at halftime, the game where Lane Kiffin got cussed out by Nick Saban. Well, that was because of us. Uh, I built long lasting relationships with my players. You know, uh, I still talk to a lot of those guys. Uh, I was around a once in a lot, you know, Coach Brom is, you know, I know they had a rough year this year. That dude is a stud. He's a great, great coach and a great leader to be around. And I was, so, so thankful I had time to spend with them, even if it was 18K. And I went to Boca Raton, Florida for a bowl game. You know, it was awesome. It was the best bowl game I've ever been to. Uh, I, I, and we were champions. We beat Memphis. 
You know what I mean? We ran the little Giants play, and we ended up beating Memphis. We killed Memphis. We ran the little Giants play at halftime, and we ran attacking screen for a touchdown. It was one of the funnest games I've ever been around. So, like, when people talk about, oh, I, I, you know, I, I don't make enough money, or why are you posting this position, blah, blah, blah. Well, you, I, you know, you know, too, like, if, if administration gave us unlimited money, then, okay, I, you know, I, I would post higher paid positions, but Sometimes you just got to do what you have to do to go forward and take steps forward. It's about the opportunity. You know what I mean? I, I, I never look at money. I just look at the opportunity because the money, just like budgeting for uh, my department, whatever the money is, I'll make it work. I don't care what it is. I was talking to a GA the other day where I was like, hey, listen, you're talking to me about your money issues. And this was a GA from another school that called and wanted to talk or whatever. Like, you're talking to me about your money issues and all this stuff, but, you know, do you live a comfortable life or do you live a survival life where you got food over your, your food in your belly, uh, you know, your, your roof over your head, and some type of bed to sleep on, whether, you know, for the first 18 years of my life, I didn't have a mattress. I slept on the floor, on some blankets. So you, you can sleep on the floor on some blankets while you're a GA. I mean, I did for 18 years. As messed up as it is, sometimes I still like sleeping on the floor. Go <laughs> with blankets over a bed. It feels more comfortable to me. But, you know, I, I just I have no sympathy for people that say I don't make enough or I don't. Just look at your money and sacrifice to, and make it happen. If you want the opportunity, then make it happen. Yeah, and this isn't like sitting here and saying like, oh, look at what I did. I, da, 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 da. You know, no, it's, it's what it is. is It's just matter of fact, like, listen. You know, I, I've got a great assistant right now who's doing something similar, who took a chance on me, you know, helping him out and, and doing that. It's, I think, too, that a lot of people look at these things and they're like, oh, well, yeah, Don only pays and Jay only pays. Like, <laughs> yeah. bro, bro, I wish I made enough money to pay somebody. Like, yes. Like, yes. personally, like I could like yes. write that check. Like, it's not like. It's not the people offering the position or who are looking for the help who are those that are at fault. Like, I mean, we can talk about oversaturation and how people complaining about this, if they really, if it's that bad and life's awful, maybe they should just find a different profession and cut down on the saturation. We could talk about that another day. Um, you know, like <laughs> just having the flock kind of. Yeah cut itself down a little, but you know, I, I think that really at the end of the day, you need to find a situation like what you've been talking about and sharing with us, where you're going to be around people who are going to challenge you, who are going to improve you and who are going to set you in a trajectory to go in a positive direction. And if you're able to do that and you can do that for three months, six months, 10 months, a year and a half, two years, then chances are, you know, karma comes around, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, I, just and think I think it's also, you know, when you get, and as, as, as the director, you know, you know, when you're in the role, when you're in the hiring role, I, I'd say, you have to look at ways to help your staff out in those, you know, I mean, no one gets paid enough, right? But how can I help my staff out and show them appreciation. And the one thing that everyone wants the most, you know, uh, something that 
everyone needs is time, right? So if you don't, if you don't have to, be, how I roll things here, if you don't have to be here, don't be here. I just require people to be here an hour before their teams and to all our like staff meetings. But besides that, hey, if you want to go home in the middle of the day and do what you need to do to reset your battery or whatever it might be, then go ahead. I'm not going to make you desk guard. There's no reason for it. And you're going to get burned out that way. Uh, you know, I look at, you know, how can I help my, my, my assistants out? Well, let me give them some personal, per, uh, professional development money. You know what I mean? I, I allot out my budget money for them to go travel and meet other staffs next year. They can do whatever they want with it. This year I wanted, you know, want them to go meet other staffs to, you know, selfishly bring information back, but also to go see that, well, not every other, you know, see how other staffs run it. So we can look at ways to improve and maybe this director at school B does something that you want me to do and I need to do it. So I, I won't know unless you guys go out and see, you know what I mean? And I'll go out and see, but like I said, years following a hey, do what you want with it. Uh, any kind of gear. We, I'm like a hustler when it comes to gear. I, I hustle whoever I can to get gear for my staff. I mean, if there's a free t-shirt giveaway, I'm there getting five t-shirts to give my, so I can bring it back to my staff. Uh, Whatever events it is, if there's like, you know, if a, a, one of the clothing shops are like, hey, we're going to give out free Georgia Southern stuff, I'm lined up at the door first so I can get free gear to give to my staff. But whatever I can do to help help better their experience here is what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Now, the pay is the pay is what it is. But whatever, whatever you can do as the director or the person that is able to do, you should do. It should be, you know, I've never been a fan of, uh, you know, the assistant makes 30, the head guy makes 120 and he doesn't help you out or he doesn't do anything for you. Or, hey, he got a $50,000 raise. You're still making the same. And he can't throw you a, a, a volley. Gotta get an extra t-shirt, like at least bud, like, you know what I mean? Or a pair of shoes, like something just to show that you care. But that's just my two takes on it. Appreciation is a big thing, brother. It's a big thing. Yep. Yep. Huge. Huge. Got to got to show your staff. And I think you got to show your staff you appreciate them. Not just by, like I said, not just by saying things, but actually doing things. You know what I mean? And and, it, and we'll just take it to the football world. If I'm if I'm the head football guy and I know every year that USA Today is going to post my salary, then I'm going to keep trying to bring my assistance closer to my gap closer to where I'm at versus, oh, when these salaries get posted, they're going to see there's $600,000 behind me. Like, come on. You can't, you come on. You're $600,000 better than your first assistant. You are not. So let's find a way to bridge that gap. You know, I, I'm not going too deep into it, but I try to find ways to bridge that gap. I love it, brother. I love it. Don, this is absolutely sensational stuff. I can't thank you enough for your time today, man. This, this talk is killer, bro. People are going to love this. Hey, I, I'm glad I'm uh, glad to be on here, man. I, I love your podcast. I love listening to it. I love all the things you do. Uh, and anytime I get to boast about my assistance and highlight Georgia Southern, well, I love taking it. And hopefully, there's some educational pieces along the way for anyone else that's listening. A thousand percent, dude. This is sensational, Don. Can't thank you enough for your time, demand. We'll, we'll be in touch real soon, brother. This is sensational. Thank you. Anytime, sir. Yeah, bud. And a huge thank you to Georgia Southern's Don Day for spending the time with us today. Guys, just some open, honest, candid sharing from a man who really is is trying to drive 
all of us forward, starting with, you know, what's under his feet and really building a great staff and trying to make sure that the people that he's responsible for are taken care of, moving forward, growing and developing. This is absolutely sensational stuff. I, I'm, I took so much from this talk. I really hope you guys could take a lot from this and learn not just from Don sharing his mistakes, but what Don is doing and how he is looking at this, you know, 15,000 feet and then pulling himself right into the middle of all of it. I, I love it. Don, I can't thank you enough for being so open, honest, and candid in your sharing today. This was absolutely awesome stuff. And guys, as always, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, as always. We're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.